those insurance companies that have their digital infrastructure in place and drove that digital enablement, I think, were those that actually had the opportunity to quickly um, accelerate their ability to onboard this rapid digitalization as we've seen. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we explore insurance innovation. So, uh, you know, this is another episode that uh, you guys are going to get an opportunity to hear. Um, And, you know, this is an event that was put together by Reuters. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters on this event, really talking about the opportunity to accelerate underwriting transformation um, so we can thrive in this world of new risk, especially as, you know, we've seen this pandemic take hold. um, And, um, you know, knowing that the insurance industry has been uh, forced to really look at their capabilities, whether it's their technology capabilities or digital capabilities and figure out how we can work within this new world. So, you know, there's uh, folks uh, that's going to be speaking um, on this podcast today, like myself, of course. Uh, we have, um, you know, uh, representatives from Hiscox, Allied World, Guidewire, and this discussion was moderated by Brian Falchuk. So, um, you know, hopefully you're going to get an opportunity to enjoy this episode. This is really an exciting one. Um, you know, there's a lot of nuggets that's been dropped in this episode. Now, we are going to split this up as a double header. So you're going to get half of the episode today uh, and then the other half of the episode just because it's so long. Um, you know, it's about an hour or so um, in the in the following week. So, you know, take the opportunity today to enjoy this episode and um, looking forward to it. So here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great webinar panel from Reuters Events Insurance. I wanted to welcome you all. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I'll be moderating today's session. I'm the managing partner of Insurance Evolution Partners and the author of the book series, The Future of Insurance from Disruption to Evolution, which is a very polite and sly way of sneaking in. Second book just came out. Go pick it up. So I will stop self-promoting after that. Um, Thank you all for joining us. This is... um, it's an interesting period. You know, we're coming out a lot of us from 16, 18, whatever months of lockdown, um, this rapid period of change where we suddenly had to make major shifts, accelerate digital transitions, look to make ones we weren't even thinking about before. And we did it. We did a lot in a very short period. And so now the question is, where do we go from here? And you know, I hear some folks talking about, let's take a breather. Others recognizing the pace of change is markedly different. The demands from our customers, from our broker partners, from really the entire ecosystem and the markets we serve are different. And that will not go back in the bottle. So how do we continue the change that has really brought itself front and center, um, but in a sustained way, in a, a strategic way, in a more cohesive way than just being you know, the sort of reactionary, although valuable way that we did it in the past several months. Um, So with that context in particular, thinking about the underwriting world, um, that is why we are here today for this panel. And I wanna introduce our speakers and then we'll go through a bit of opening remarks from each of them in succession and then move into Q&A. There's a little Q&A button at the bottom of your screen, Zoom. 
click on that, ask your questions at any point. You don't have to wait till the Q&A begins. You can pop your questions on there and I will watch them and uh, offer them up to our great panel to discuss. So please do share because that's what guides our conversation. We want to make sure we're talking about the issues, the things that you care about most. So do ask your questions in the Q&A. All right, with that, let me introduce our panel and then we'll move into some opening remarks from everyone. Starting off is Abel Travis, who is the Vice President and Head of Fundamental Underwriters at AF Groups. Abel, thank you for joining us today. We're going to open with you, but I'll get to you in just a moment. Let me introduce the rest of the panel. We also have Janet Moylan, who is a Senior Vice President for North American Underwriting Operations for Allied World. And we have Eugene Lee, who is the SVP and General Manager of the Insurance Suite for Guidewire. And Stephanie Rushforth, who's the Senior Vice President and Head of Underwriting Operations for Hiscox USA. It's a great panel with uh, some really rich perspectives from an underwriting side and people who have been living this stuff firsthand, all the change that's been going on and the change that's coming ahead. Um, so I'm excited to dig into this. Abel, if we could start with you, if you wouldn't mind, love to hear some thoughts for you to, to kick things off. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Brian. I, you know, I appreciate it. Um, and I'm absolutely glad to be here. So, you know, first, just really quickly before I, I, I kick things off, um, you know, I just wanted to give folks an understanding of uh, who I am and um, who I work for. So um, as, as Brian mentioned, I'm Abel Travis. I work for a company called AF Group, a 115 year old organization in the Midwest. And I am the, uh, the head of fundamental underwriters, which is uh, the growth and diversification arm of AF Group. You know, um, when, when I think about the last year, Brian, you know, it, it, it's been pretty um, exciting just to see sort of that transformation that uh, we've experienced because of what the pandemic somewhat thrust upon us, right? Um, you know, uh, and, but not, not only that, um, with that, uh, you know, we've started to see I, I, what I would say would be sort of the, the rapid implications of some of these new risks that, you know, uh, we've been seeing not only as an insurance uh, industry, but just in general. So, you know, what were some of those new risks? You know, there are things like rapid digitalization, for example, um, you know, in which uh, people were forced to uh, work and do their education and shop and essentially do everything in a, in a, in a digital manner, um, which essentially wound up forcing organizations to adopt those digital capabilities just in order to survive. You know, we, we've seen a lot of socioeconomic challenges at play, um, uh, as well as, you know, changing business and service models. Um, and then essentially uh, what we've seen from cyber risk, ransomware, and then what some of the challenges that we face from a cybersecurity perspective. So I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that as I'm talking. But really, you know, let's, let, let's really start and, and dive into that rapid digitalization. You know, so I, I mentioned that. Um, even prior to the, the past 12 months, you know, we've been seeing rapid digitalization in the insurance industry um, with our industry being impacted by organizations and industries that have nothing to do with what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, so um, those insurance companies, from my perspective, that really have their digital infrastructure in place and drove that digital enablement, I think, were those that actually had the opportunity to quickly um, accelerate their ability to onboard this rapid digitalization as we've seen uh, was sort of uh, thrust upon us, as I mentioned, um, you know, over the past 12 months or so. But then, you know, that really then helped uh, to, I think, accelerate other aspects of the underwriting process. So, you know, especially when we think about that thought from going, you know, from a reactive underwriting to proactive. So, you know, leveraging that data that's out there, that's out there in the ethosphere, you know, that local, more localized, granular data 
um, through partnering uh, with other organizations like third-party organizations, you know, Convert, Datacubes, and um, organizations like that to really take that information into the underwriting process to then help the underwriters um, really understand um, through using data that's not necessarily being collected from uh, the agent or from the, in, you know, uh, from the agent or from the insurer, uh, but really going out to, to grab that information and then applying it to the underwriting process. You know, there are um, millions of terabytes of information that's also being proactively collected through things like IoT devices, auto telematics devices, especially in, uh, you know, um, large commercial auto, uh, you know, trucking and, and, and so on, um, as well as wearable devices. When, when you think about um, individuals that's working in manufacturing facilities and those facilities that are trying to keep their, their employees and their workers safe. So, you know, in, in essence, when we think about pulling all of that together um, and really enabling it as a part of that larger ecosystem, um, really, you know, I think that solid digital infrastructure is what helps to enable, you know, that, that, that component of rapid digitalization that we've seen over the past 12 months. I mean, and the last thing that, that, that I would add to this is, um, you know, especially as we started to see insurers enable other organizations and other third-party providers and vendors plug into their, their infrastructure and their ecosystems, uh, we've seen a lot of risk from a cyber risk perspective. I think uh, in the fourth quarter of 2020, as well as the first and second quarter of 2021, we've seen the most impact um, uh, that we've historically seen due to ransomware. So, you know, um, for, for those that aren't aware, uh, there was the, uh, the larger insurance carrier, and I'm not going to mention the name of the carrier, but that was essentially shut down for some time uh, due to um, the weakest link a, a, as a part of their, their infrastructure, as well as what we've seen with the Colonial Pipeline, for example, and that being shut down and the massive amount of, um, of funding uh, that it took in order to, to, to really get them back online. So, you know, um, you know, that all becomes a part of that rapid digitalization that, that we've seen that underwriters not only have to, insurers not only have to onboard as they're enabling that digital infrastructure, but underwriters will have to understand as they're underwriting, uh, you know, the, the, the policyholders um, that they're looking to, you know, provide services and provide coverage for. So that, um, you know, essentially is, um, you know, from my perspective, especially as we're thinking about proactive and reactive and sort of those trends and new risks that, that we've seen, you know, that's essentially, you know, some of the things that, that I've seen over the past 12 months. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really valuable, Abel. And I mean, not just speaking to the cyber exposure, which has been front and, and that has been a constant flow of front page news uh, in a very crowded front page news kind of world already. But, you know, you mentioned the Colonial Pipeline, JBS, which just had another attack last week. It, it's, it's really nonstop at scale. Usually there'd be like one or two big ones a year. And then it's sort of like, you know, the news fades, but it, has, it hasn't stopped. And I think you're absolutely right, calling out not just the tools changing, but what happens when the way the economy works changes, you create all these other exposures. And we have to be aware of that, certainly as underwriters. Um, so absolutely, I, I'm sure that is something we will talk about more today. So thank you for teeing that up. Um, excellent, excellent comments. We already have questions coming in, which is great. And I've got some bubbling in my head that I want to dig into more. So Abel, thank you for seeding that already. Please, uh, everyone watching, do throw your questions in the Q&A. Janet Moylan joins us as a Senior Vice President, uh, North American Underwriting Operations. 
from Allied World. I'd love to get your thoughts following up on what Abel shared and some of your thoughts from, uh, from Allied World. Excellent. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Abel. And I would characterize what I'm going to share with you um, more of a case study of what Allied World experienced over the last couple of years and how we managed through it with technology as a piece of the solution. Our underwriting operations team is both the tactical processing team as well as the strategic team that changes our procedures, deploys new technology, and puts new products or geographies up for Allied World. So we both have the working and the strategic all blended into one team. So thank you for the opportunity. And what I'd like to start with is that in addition to the accelerated rate of change and the emergence of new underwriting risks, the new business submission volume is at unprecedented levels. As the starting point for an organization's premium growth and market expansion, developing tools that meet market expectations of speed and accuracy, coupled with a means to prioritize the inflow for our production underwriters has been paramount at Allied World. Managing the increase in volume, which began well before the pandemic, we had to look across Allied World and devise a process that was as line of business agnostic as possible. With a solid understanding of current state, we worked with our chief underwriting officers to construct a set of rules that were standardized across our business units. Once we established the process, we were able to partner with a business processing firm and a technology firm to transform the new business clearance into an operating model based on quality and turnaround times. Both metrics de deliver value to our external training partners, as well as to our internal underwriting teams. Clean and timely submission intake removes unnecessary friction and expedites our ability to consider quoting sooner. As part of this transformation, we deployed a workflow management system that will be continually enhanced with automation tools. Within our processes, there are opportunities to take advantage of both machine learning and robotic process automation that will further enhance accuracy and timeliness. An additional outcome of the workflow management system is an incredible amount of business intelligence that we never had access to before. Each submission is timestamped, recorded, categorized, and tracked from entry to disposition. Moving forward, we are deploying this information in a way that makes the learnings actionable on a day-to-day -day basis for the processing team and provides triage opportunities for the production underwriters. As an example, we were aware that there were some lines of business that have a quote to submit ratio as low as 9%. What that means is we are unable to quote 91 of every 100 submissions received by the company. With this data in front of us, we turned our attention to developing tools that help the production underwriter manage their workflow, given the new reality of our submission volumes. We discovered a standard set of parameters that could be nuanced by line of business to indicate the most valuable submissions against the least valuable submissions. Our objective is to focus our underwriting teams on the most valuable opportunities for Allied World based on our underwriting appetite and our conversion rates. Interestingly, we found the behavior of how a submission is received by the company 
to be strongly indicative of our conversion success. The underwriting teams are now utilizing a submission dashboard and summary emails that consolidate and rank their new business opportunities, allowing them to prioritize their work effort with high attention to the most valuable submissions. Beyond submission prioritization, Allied World recently conducted a deep analysis of the number of administrative tasks on our production underwriter's desk that are required before an underwriter can start the true analysis or the underwriting of the risk. Our objective is to minimize and eventually eliminate all non-core tasks from the underwriter's desk. The non-core tasks reviewed include reeking of data, cut and paste, search and rescue mission for third-party data sources, submission documents received in locked and inconsistent formats, varying synonymous terminology across all the received documents, submission materials for renewals, and a multitude of follow-ups for missing information. Consistent with our approach on new business clearance, we are documenting every step in our current state to ultimately move to a support structure that is both people and technology to deliver the underwriting file back to the underwriter at the point of analysis and review. So 2021 for Allied World is laser focused on the effective use of Allied World's production underwriters, both their time and their skill sets. None of this would be possible without a focus on empowering the Allied World operations team to think and work differently to support our underwriters. Likewise, underwriting and operations are a seamless partnership aligned in our priorities and goals. Our new steady state, like it or not, is change every day. To construct a team and a platform that is both sustainable and scalable for the growth of Allied World, we take advantage of Allied World's deep learning and development program for the careers and the professional development of our team at every level. We are focused on specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound goals for each person. Allied World has a rich performance culture that requires collaboration and teamwork, and most importantly, purpose. As a company, we are focused on seeking and initiating change that drives our operational success in supporting our underwriters the most efficiently and effectively as possible. And so that's what we've been through at Allied World over the course of pre-pandemic and during pandemic. Now that's that's really good to hear. And uh, it's it's interesting when you're apart, you realize some of the data you don't have on the operations because you could you could feel it on the floor before you what the volumes like and where people are struggling and you should still have the data, but it becomes even more apparent when people are suddenly dispersed where, you know, you, you need more of those operating insights to figure out where do we need to hone our efforts and see what kind of changes we can make. So um, the 91% numbers is standing out as, yeah, how do you discover that if you don't have the data for it and you're no longer amongst each other to get the feel for, you know, are you overwhelmed? Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't even touch this stuff in my inbox. Yes. All um, great points. In addition to taking a fully at the office staff and turning them for the first times in their careers to working from home. Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you very much for that, Janet. Um, I want to turn now to Eugene Lee, who's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Insurance Suite at Gadwire. Um, Eugene, you must have an interesting perspective looking across as many carriers as you do, as many functional areas as you do, not just underwriting, but seeing how it all comes together in the core. Um, love to hear your thoughts about, you know, not just the change we've been through, but how we're sort of looking forward as, as an underwriting function as an industry. Yeah, great. Thanks for the question, Brian. And it's great to be on the panel. I feel a little bit out of place, which one of these kids is not like the other in the sense that I'm not an underwriter. I'm a technologist, but um, I have a, and I, although I am a certified property casualty underwriter, I've never underwritten anything, but I hopefully can share some thoughts. I mean, I actually really like what Janet said earlier. It wasn't the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about the webinar around moving from reactive to proactive. But one of the reasons why I think underwriting and almost all of our jobs become reactive is that the systems that they use, that, that we use, and, and, and even in my job or in your job, Brian, right, don't support the actual sort of workflow and daily tasks. And so we get bogged down in those things. It's hard. It's, uh, it's easy to forget that like sort of the basics and the underlying workflow and the sort of removing the paper is a sort of critical is a critical sort of prerequisite to some of these more advanced things and and you know those advanced things um i think you know underwriting is by definition a proactive job right i mean you're looking at a risk you're trying to assess what's going to happen in the future and um you know underwriters are at their best when they can sort of they have of you they have they have a narrative that they can build about a about a business about a risk um, that tells them something about what they think is going to happen down the road and why they should either underwrite or take on or not take on the risk um, and i think that because of the changing nature of risk and we talked about this before but like i like what abel said earlier about the pandemic i mean i just remember thinking early on in the pandemic is like welcome to 2025 i mean that was just like the, you know like what you just got thrown right into sort of the future and um you know but with those those risks accelerate with those changes accelerating um this sort of this this sort of problem that's always existed in underwriting which is getting underwriters data like i you know how many under like if i think about the underwriters desk that i've seen they've got Google Earth, they've got another search, they've got Google, they've got another thing they're searching for, they've got like all these windows trying to gather this information. And the deluge, I think, is is worse, right? Because they're trying to like assemble a story. Um, and the 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 data they need is um, the volume and the variety and the data they need is is over it's increasingly overwhelming because the nature of their risks is is changing, right? So you know, getting getting raw data into underwriters' hands is probably not the challenge. I mean, they're I think underwriters are very creative. They're looking for new ways to to assess risk and looking for non-traditional data sources. Our point of view, or my point of view, is that like that data has to be in the moment, in the flow of the systems they're using every day. And that's why I thought that Janet's view was really quite powerful. Um, the other problem with being reactive versus proactive is is this sort of um, this this growing problem, and it sort of is becoming. I'm I personally am becoming more aware of it uh, post pandemic. Is that like the the nature of underwriting, the nature of pricing, is that sort of what happened in the past is predictive of what will happen in the future, right? So like 
Um, if you're in workers' comp, it's accidents rates. If you're in 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 uh, small business, you're looking at business, historical business interruption, liability claims, right, for certain class codes. And so, like, that's been that's how we understand what we think is going to happen in the future. And if you think about all the stuff we talked about with cyber, there's like you can't look at the past to predict the future. If you look at business interruption, the things that disrupted businesses and shut them down, you know, five, we couldn't have imagined this, you know, five years ago. And so these actuarial tables, these experience-based underwriting, they, they are still relevant, right? But they're part of a puzzle, right? And the puzzle includes sort of, so, so the, there, there is an increasing need for like leveraging outside data, right? Like, you know, some, something, that is not so much like these losses or this frequency of loss is indicative of future frequency of loss, but these losses occurred because of something else that was predictive, and we can sort of some underlying other data, and we can use that underlying other data, right, about, you know, dark web, penetration rates, pen tests, right, like sort of the things that we know about that, about that we can use those predictive indicators to then see like what does that mean for future risk or future probability of cyber attack for a company in, down the road. Um, the other hot topic I think is interesting is, and it's it's sort of been along the theme of uh, proactive, is this sort of notion of continuous underwriting. Right, sort of like that we should always, we should be looking at risks at all times. Um, I think that, that when we look at, um, you know, both the sort of availability and frequency of data, the kind of new digital business models that Abel was talking about. There's this, there, there's this, I think what's, what will happen or what is happening is sort of the, the broken assumption, the assumption is um, we're breaking the assumption of the annual insurance contract, right? Insurance is on demand, insurance is subscription based, and that means that risk has to be assessed all the time. Right. And I think underwriters have always known this. That's why there are loss control teams. There are sort of, you know, you have premium audit. You have all these sort of ways to assess a business. But those are those are largely sort of um, they're very manual tasks. So this this frequency underwriters are expected to know more. They're expected to know more more frequently. Right. And the risks themselves are changing. And that creates a sort of perfect storm, if you will, for underwriters. And so it's not. It's just, um, you know, sort of, I think that, I think that under, I mean, my personal view is just underwriting is really hard. And, um, you know, that, that increases sort of the expectations. So I've seen an increase in the expectations of, of the technology provider, on the technology provider. So I think that, like, our, our point of view is there's a, there's sort of two parts to solving the problem. There's, there's an evolutionary part. I think, you know, some of what Janet was saying was just like this, sort of the underlying systems, we put this in place, we sort of, the transformation is profound, but these are sort of automation and sort of digitization of paper-based processes. Those have to happen, and that and that is sort of I think relatively well understood in the market. And then the other is perhaps more revolutionary, right? Like I, I think you know Guidewire, for example, a couple of years ago has acquired a company called Science. It was sort of underwriting in a completely different form. Right, it wasn't a workflow-based underwriting. It was completely outside-in uh, views on cyber. Now, small businesses, because small businesses sort of are very small businesses are very dynamic uh, industries. So 
businesses are created and destroyed in very, in very rapid form. So it's hard to formulate sort of uh, business specific understanding of, of those risks since they don't, they don't, his, don't have a ton of history and they don't have, and they, um, they may not have existed for a while. So, especially, recently. I mean, I think of, Especially yeah, in the face yeah, of right, the economic exactly. tumult we saw now, or 2008 was another period where suddenly what people did and what business was shifted very dramatically, very rapidly. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, so how do you get, if a, if a business forms tomorrow, right? So, so we destroyed a bunch of businesses and new businesses took their place. That business, that business looked, is looking for, you know, a, a package policy, a pop policy. How do you formulate a profile on that business, right? And so, like, that's an interesting, interesting problem that, at least in our world, we're trying to solve with outside data. Um, anyway, I think, I, I mean, I think that pro reactive proactive is a, is a continuous journey, right? I mean, I don't think that sort of like, I think that it's even for me personally, I'd like, I'd much prefer to be proactive than reactive. I think we all would. Um, I think it's just hard in the context of sort of this these changes and these dynamics to stay up, to keep up, keep up with that and to be proactive. Um, and that just elevates the expectations on some, the, tech, the technology that supports the underwriters. Yeah, well, you, you said it really well. If you think about what underwriting is, it is a proactive job because you're making forward-looking decisions to try to get ahead of, you know, what the rate should be because of what the exposure will is, but will evolve into. Um, when you said that, it was like, well, that puts it even more front and center, just how important mm -hmm. it is for us to figure out how do we get more proactive in our ability to evaluate risk and get ahead of it, since that's sort of the core of what being an underwriter is. Um, that was a great yeah. point. And it makes you feel better. I was not an underwriter either. Worked around the space for years, but you're not the only one. So well, at least two of these well, things. If, if underwriters were reactive, yeah, if underwriters were reactive, I think they would be claims. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I was a claims guy, so I'm leaving it there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Eugene. Stephanie um, joins us. Stephanie Rushforth, SVP and Head of Underwriting Operations for Hiscox USA. Great to see you here, Stephanie. I'd love to get some, some perspective from you. And um, Hiscox, especially known for some of the small business focus where data is, is becoming even more front and center. And there's a push from some of the startups to go zero question underwriting or not really zero, but close to it. Um, I'd love to hear some of your perspective about getting more proactive in, uh, in our underwriting. Thanks, Brian, and thank you, Eugene. Um, I think it's really important to think about like underwriting as a combination of both art and science. And I think just taking a step back as to where we are today is, 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 the, is the question of the art and the science, are they mutually exclusive or are they interrelated? And then we have to say, why does it matter? What's the so what? And the reason why it matters is because what has gotten our industry to where it is today is not gonna be what takes us forward. We need to evolve and we need to make sure that we're sustainable, organization that continues to be relevant to our customers and provides return on investments for our shareholders. And many of my fellow panelists today, they've already talked spoken about the different opportunities that we have, whether it's integrating technology, leveraging data, building effective operation models to handle the volume, um, and how we become proactive versus reactive. But we still have to say, to ourselves, how do we achieve that balance between art and science? Um, 
And underwriting as a discipline has always positioned itself historically as more art, whether you're writing a large national account with a bespoke policy form and individual risk rating versus a nano small business company with an off the shelf product or standard pricing. But the process steps an underwriter takes to complete their analysis and what information is used in that assessment is specifically what needs to evolve. So coming back to my first question is, is insurance and underwriting art or science? How do we combine it? Um, so we have repeatable transactions incorporating those predictive analytics to assess whether each risk is aligned with, our, with a carrier's appetite. So carriers need to challenge themselves to look at their own operational models and make a risk-based decision. And in insurance, we love making risk-based decisions um, as to their tolerance to rely upon a combination of technology, AI analytics, and external data to make that underwriting decision. And that threshold's going to differ for each carrier. And that's okay because that goes back to the individual appetite of the carrier. Um, so where we're going with all of this is the, by being able to make that decision as to, is it going to be 100% science? Or is it going to be that it, we're gonna allow some art to remain, but we're gonna augment that art with science is, and then once you have that decision, then it will inform you as to where the underwriting processing model needs to be in the degree by which the technology, the automation, the data will drive the solutions for the volume and the need to be proactive. So it's taking a step back because we all know that the digitization of insurance has to take place. Um, and there's a lot of external data out there that we can better leverage. But the question is, to what degree do we want to utilize that? And then once you make that decision, then you know which avenue you want to go down. And the solution for each carrier is probably going to be a combination. And I, not to sound cheesy, but I think insurance is at a really pivotal moment. And it's a really exciting time to be in insurance because the legacy of what our predecessors have built is a really good building block for us to go forward. And we are the caretakers to be able to make those informed risk-based decisions to decide what, what we're going to look like. And if we're going to be 100% automated, are we going to be 100% art, or is the answer somewhere in between? So um, hopefully this wraps everything up by incorporating everything that my other panelists talked about. So um, thank you again for having me on. Thank you very much, Stephanie. And I'd, um, I'd love to invite everybody back on camera so we can all join in the fun of the Q&A. We've had a number of questions coming in throughout, which is fantastic. Um, now the hard part is picking out which ones to dig into. One of the questions was, will this be recorded and will the recording be shared? That's an easy one to handle. Yes and yes, uh, for everyone who registered, you will get a link to the recording. And of course, if there was something pivotal that one of your peers could benefit from, feel free to share that with them, but that will go out through email to everyone who, uh, who registered. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to part one of the Reuters event on accelerating underwriting transformation. You know, hopefully that was the setup and hopefully you all had an opportunity to really understand what the conversation is about, you know, from the panelists and myself that were on this uh, first half. So next week, you'll get an opportunity to hear the second half of this panel. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.